Hello, this is the Living Well with PMDD podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Bradford, certified life coach, mom of five, and PMDD survivor. Happy to have you here. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be considered health advice. Hello, friend, and welcome to today's podcast. We are going to be talking about dealing with depression and Depression really is kind of a side effect or a cause, a symptom of PMDD. So I'm guessing that you have experienced quite a bit of it and have hopefully found some techniques or coping mechan- like strategies to help you still be able to live your life while having that depression. Now, um, I don't know about your weather, but it is a beautiful day for me. I hope you're having a beautiful day wherever you are, whatever time of day it is for you as well. Um, For this episode, I'm going to just kind of define depression in terms of what this specific podcast episode is about, and then share four coping strategies that have helped me deal with depression throughout um, the last 10, 15 years, and going to end with a little pep talk and encouragement. So as far as just depression for this this episode that we're talking about, I just mean when you are feeling down, when the energy level is low, you're not feeling very good inside, it's just kind of yucky or blah, maybe a little bit of dark, but We're not talking about feeling black or terrible. I'm talking about more of a gray, okay? And the, uh, okay, and then let's just go straight into some coping strategies for depression. So back when we lived in Guam, which was in like 2014 to 2016, when um, I decided, that was the first time in my life I decided I would talk to a psychiatrist and ask for, you know, get some help. I, we had moved from San Antonio, and it was there that my, that was my first, my husband's first active duty station for the military was San Antonio. And we were far away from any family, had, I did have a cousin there that we would get together with sometimes, which was great. And I had a mission companion and her family that lived in the area. And both, I mean, they were fabulous. And people we met uh, while we were there were great. I'm not, <laughs> I don't want to say like there was, everything was bad because it wasn't. But my husband was working 12-hour days and mandatory Saturdays. He is a a JAG for the Air Force, so he was working so, so much. And I was pregnant when we got there, and I had our our third child after we'd been there for about two months. Um, So then, well, anyway, being new to the military, I did not want to go and talk to someone and ask, get get help for not feeling happy. 
I was afraid that it would affect my husband's career or it would limit where we could, where he could, you know, go and, and the things that he could do. Um, and that's, that's where I was. We were there for a few years. I think it was only a total of two years, including a six month deployment. Um, anyhow, the relevant parts of this story are that then we moved to Guam and before we moved, I decided, you know, and it, it was with my husband's help. It's, it's worth me talking to someone and getting help kind of no matter what the consequences were for his career. So that's, I made that kind of resolution. I did not know about PMDD at this time. Remember, I didn't learn about PMDD until 2021, I think. Uh, so anyhow, I talked with a psychologist and the one of the strategies that he shared with me was guided meditation. I'd never heard of it. I was like, all right, I'll 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 try anything. I At this time, I thought I might have some uh, baby blues. What's that called? Um, post having a baby depression. I know there's a word for it. I'm sorry, I'm blanking. Um, so guided meditation, I started doing that. And I would just turn it on in the afternoon. I, I had a few, there were just free guided meditations. You can look it up yourself on Google, free guided meditation. And I would lay on my couch in the middle of the afternoon and my children would lay on the floor and I would play this guided meditation out loud. And sometimes I would fall asleep, but it always relaxed me. And it was recommended to me to not do it only when I felt down, but to do it on a regular basis. So two o'clock in the afternoon was what I chose. And that worked really well for me for a time. Honestly, guided meditation still helps me. I just don't do it as often. That's a strategy I would love for you to utilize. And just like was recommended to me, I would recommend adding it to your life, not just when you're down. You can use it when you're down, but having it be maybe a weekly basis or twice a week or daily. I I mean, in the beginning, I, I was doing it daily and it was so helpful. A second coping strategy I want to share is just breathing. We had a doctor come in and talk to our women's group at our church. Um, and actually, this was in San Antonio, so this was prior to Guam. And he said that if you can just take deep breaths, really like breathe in, pause for a few seconds, and then let it out. And if you do that, even just three breaths, your body physically 
will relax. It, it can't be as tense as it was. And isn't that amazing that we have this built into our physical body a way to calm ourselves? And this has worked well with feeling depressed. So another one that you can try. A third coping strategy is yoga or other exercise. Now, yoga is particularly helpful in terms of, well, because it is a focus exercise. Like, it's about focusing on the words of, you know, the instructor and following them as well as your body is doing stretches and poses and things that just help it, like relax and be strong. So I have found yoga to be very helpful. I don't like doing yoga myself alone, but I like, I've, just at different points in my life, going to uh, like the YMCA and doing a class once a week. Remember, I have five kids. And when I found yoga, okay, I can't say when I found yoga. (laughs) When I did yoga more regularly, when I did take a class at the YMCA, I had my five kids. And it was just probably two years ago that I was doing that. And once a week was all I could commit to myself comfortably with the other priorities I had in my life. So I could do that and not disappoint myself by feeling like, oh, I never do it. To be honest, doing it more often, I think would have been and would be more helpful for me. But we live our lives and we have our priorities. And sometimes that may or may not be, yoga may or may not be the priority right now. And maybe it's once a week. Maybe it's twice a week. Maybe it's every day. You can, you know, experiment with it and see what seems to help you. The first yoga class I ever took, and I I wasn't planning on sharing this, but I will. I had just had my second child and I had I knew nothing about yoga except that it was a type of exercise. And two of my friends that I went to church with were going to um they they signed up for a BYU yoga class at five in the morning. And they were like, You should do it. And I was like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can. Literally, like, can I really wake up at five in the morning and go when I have a newborn breastfeeding baby? But um, honestly, that was, it felt like the only time that I could go because my husband would still be home. And so, and, and he could, if need be, you know, give the baby a bottle or have him, I don't know, he could rock him or whatever for the hour. I think it was an hour and a half class. So it was from five to six 30 in the morning. 
I was only six weeks postpartum. Oh, postpartum depression. That's what that's called. But with this baby, I didn't think I had it. So six weeks postpartum, I went to this yoga. I believe we did inter- an intermediate class because I was used to exercising. I was, n- I, you know, loved push-ups, sit-ups, running, whatever. And uh, so I didn't think it would, I needed a beginner's class. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was so sore and I couldn't even do the poses I'm looking around and like I'm trying to downward dog for I couldn't even do downward dog for very long I was like okay and I thought maybe I had just jumped into it too soon after having a baby but I wasn't really willing to give it up because it was the only real source of exercise that I felt like it seemed like a good choice for this point in time and to have people that would come uh, knock on my door or be expecting me to knock on their door, it really helped. Um, my husband was in law school at that time. So I, I didn't want to... Anyway, the five in the morning worked well because I never knew when he was going to be getting home. And, and that was okay. You know, I could have found someone to swap with I just wasn't comfortable I don't know that wasn't what I wanted to do but yoga was it was that was a new experience to me and that's when I learned how intense and how strong your body could be I it was reiterated to me that I am not a flexible person and I never have been probably never will be I was in middle school I was the girl that I got first or second with a flexed arm hang, you know, how long I could stay up there. And I could do a bunch of pull-ups, but just to reach to touch my toes while sitting, I couldn't do it. <laughs> and uh, my best friend in middle school and high school was the same way. So we were, we were in good company. So yeah, try out some yoga. If you don't want to do yoga... If you can find another way of exercise, it, I mean, exercise has just been shown in so many studies, so many ways to be good for us. And um, I think it's release serotonin and dopamine, which that's going to help, right? We're, yeah, going to help. Um, another exercise, type of exercise that I did it was awesome, was CrossFit. And that was after my third. Um, it really depends on your time in life, when you can make time for your exercise and what you're comfortable with making time for exercise. So I just would encourage you to find some way, somehow. And I say this as I have my exercise for the last few weeks has been push-ups and um, some pull-ups because our our um, our bike, our exercise bike, broke down. The belt like tore. <laughs> and my husband got a new one, but the new one won't stay on. So cardio is really, really good, and I guess I have. Um, gone to the gym for it a few times but 
my regular exercise is suffering right now. And that is part of life, right? We go through times where we can be really consistent and times where other things take priority or things break, <laughs> our routine breaks or the actual equipment breaks. Um, always be kind to yourself. And there's there's a reason for why you are or are not doing things. And it doesn't need to be because you're a terrible person or you're not disciplined. It's just because it's life. And the fourth coping strategy I want to share with you is a life coaching strategy. This strategy is called thought agency. I don't know how many of you have been taught that you have agency or free agency, which is really the ability to choose for yourself. Well, I was raised with that belief and it was really helpful um, for me. However, there's a companion principle to that, or maybe it's just part of the overall principle of agency, and that is thought agency, which, I mean, we just, it's really helpful because to recognize this, because instead of feeling like we have to believe every thought that comes in our mind, we can move to actually recognizing that we don't have to believe every thought that comes into our mind and that everything that comes into our mind isn't necessarily true. Thoughts are not facts. They are thoughts. Um, you get to choose to believe a thought or you can table it or you can, some thoughts just pass right through our heads. Um, and the strategy I wanted to share with you is that imagine just a platter of food. You're at a party and the server comes around with a, the platter of food and you can choose if you take an item of food off of the platter or not. And there's a variety of food on there. Maybe there's a plate of fruit. Maybe there's a little piece of chocolate cake and a little cheesecake, whatever it is. That is how I would encourage you to look at thought, at least some of the time. You know, we don't have to micromanage our thoughts, but my strategy for you is when you have a thought come up, like maybe having PMDD is hard, just imagine you're taking that thought off of a platter of a whole bunch of other thoughts that you could have about PMDD. And you just look at it. You just kind of hold it in your hand. And you're like, okay, having PMDD is hard. And you just sit with it. And you decide then, is that, is this going to be helpful for me to keep? Like, do I want to keep this thought? Do I want to hold on to it really, really tightly? Do I just want to kind of have it loosely with me and not really believe it? What's, what are my actions going to be? that I take from this thought. But more than anything, just recognize that you're having the thought. Like, I'm thinking that it's hard to have PMDD. Huh, that's interesting. That's one of the thoughts that goes through my head. We have so many thoughts that go through our head. And from what I've read, Way more of them seem to be negative 
than positive. And we seem to keep keep patterns of thoughts, like a thought that we allow to stick around, it sticks around. Now, what thought agency does not mean is that we control every thought we have, because we don't. Thought agency means we can choose what thoughts we keep, what thoughts we release, what actions we take based on our thoughts, what actions we don't take. That's where thought agency is a true principle and is very helpful to understand. Those are my four coping strategies for you to try as you deal with depression. Thanks so much for listening to the Living Well with PMDD podcast. If this episode was insightful, please add a five-star review and tell a friend about the podcast. Until next time, keep hoping, keep loving, and remember that you are not alone.